Welcome to another episode of Gerocast, a podcast that explores the lived experience of older adults. Today we will be exploring the topic of urinary incontinence. By the end of this episode, you should be able to define and distinguish between the different types of urinary incontinence, discuss the impact that urinary incontinence can have on seniors, and understand the role of physiotherapy in managing urinary incontinence. Urinary incontinence, or the loss of bladder control, is a common condition estimated to affect approximately 3.3 million Canadians, according to the Canadian Continence Foundation. The severity of urinary incontinence ranges from the occasional leaking of urine when coughing or sneezing, to having an urge to urinate that is so sudden and so strong that one may not get to a washroom in time. While this can happen to anyone, it is more common amongst older adults and especially amongst women, according to the National Institute on Aging. Incontinence can occur for a number of reasons. For example, some medications can cause short-term incontinence, while longer-lasting incontinence may be caused by weak pelvic floor or bladder muscles, overreactive bladder muscles, or damage to nerves that control the bladder, which often arise from underlying conditions such as multiple sclerosis, Parkinson's disease, or even diabetes. As you may imagine, having urinary incontinence can affect one's day-to-day functioning and quality of life significantly. Fortunately, exercise programs guided by highly trained physiotherapists can help individuals to manage and prevent the occurrence of urinary incontinence. Today, we are joined by our guest, Sheila, who will be speaking about her experience with urinary incontinence. Welcome to the podcast. Would you be able to tell us a bit about yourself, Sheila? Hi, my name is Sheila, and I am 77 years old. And uh, Sheila, I understand that you um, have urinary incontinence. Is that correct? I have a bit now and had a lot more a number of years ago Mm -hmm. and have been working on it all along. Okay. And Sheila, I was wondering if you could take us back to the time in your life when you first realized that you may have had um, some kind of urinary incontinence issue. I was in my early 40s. I had had a vaginal hysterectomy uh, probably a year or so before. And I started to have some incontinence problems. I needed some bladder work. Mm -hmm. And so they scheduled me for that and did the surgery. And it was very helpful. I was pretty much incontinence free for maybe 15 years. And then things got a little bit weaker. The muscles were not as strong. And I was living in Ottawa at the time and had gone through a fair amount of physiotherapy um, 
at uh, the hospital and uh, the physiotherapist that I had was working with the incontinence program. So she put me back in the program. And um, one of the best things that I found was just working on Kegels or Kegels, however you pronounce it. If I put my mind to it, that and did the exercises often throughout the day, it made a huge difference. Um, if I was driving somewhere, I made it a point that if I had a stoplight, I would do some Kegels because I'd maybe get three or four done, but it was constant during the day that, that you were always doing something. And I also planned it in my mind that when I stood at the kitchen sink, I would do some. So those were my, you know, the stoplights when I was out and at the sink when I was home. Um, I was wondering if it's possible if you could explain you know what urinary incontinence feels like um you know to someone who has never experienced that before how would you describe it well the sensation that you cannot stop urinating it's not not you can't force it to stop you can't pull in the muscles and if you can't stop it mm -hmm and it just continues on, then if you don't have some protection, you're going to be wet all over. Mm -hmm. And that's not comfortable. So have you found that your urinary incontinence um, affects your day-to-day -day life? Well, I wear um, pads that help absorb it. Mm -hmm so that if there's a bit of a leak, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the only difference. It doesn't stop me from going for a walk. It doesn't stop me, or it hasn't so far. It hasn't stopped me from doing my exercise program because it's not so bad that it's constant because I still have some control. I don't have full control. So. I think that my day-to-day -day is not a lot different than if I didn't have it. Mm -hmm. But you have to have your mindset around it that it's not, nobody's going to know as long as you've got protection because you're not smelling and that sort of thing. And mm -hmm. when you get in the, the house, if that's if you were out and it happened, you come in and you just get cleaned up and away you go. Right. That's probably part of your routine now. It is. Is your urinary incontinence something that you've ever felt um, embarrassed or ashamed about, Sheila? No. If I'm having a problem, the people I'm with can't handle it, then I don't need to be with them. Don't need to be embarrassed about it. It's just that's where my body is at. Because I know sometimes for some people, they do feel shameful or embarrassed. But I love your outlook that, you know, it is at the end of the day, nothing to be ashamed of at all. Let's take a moment to reflect. 
Although Sheila doesn't experience embarrassment surrounding her urinary incontinence, some patients may be hesitant to bring this up to their healthcare providers. How could you make patients feel more comfortable speaking about the sensitive issues in their life? As a therapist, how can you be supportive? Please feel free to pause the recording as you actively reflect on your answers. Now, Sheila, before you had mentioned that you participated in an exercise class, what frequency was your exercise program at? Was it a couple times a week, once a month? Oh, it was a couple of times okay. a week, about a half an hour. Right. Okay. And was it led by a physiotherapist? Yes. Not every physio wants to do that program because they're embarrassed about talking about it. Not, not all young physios are ready for that. Do you have um, any advice that you would give to new healthcare professionals about approaching that topic? Do not be afraid of talking about it. It's a natural occurrence. In the olden days, and I mean like 100 years ago, the people who had urinary incontinence half the time wouldn't even go out of their room let alone go out of their home. They wouldn't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. And they missed out on so much in life. Mm -hmm. And that's so sad. Um, I can't imagine what my life would be if I let it control what I did. So teaching people the proper exercises and that sort of thing, giving them some incentive, I would think would have to be a wonderful aspect of physio because you're giving them their life back. Oh, that's some really great um, advice you shared. It sounds like, you know, physios have the potential to be really empowering to people who have urinary incontinence. Very much so. Uh, now, Sheila, you had mentioned that you use uh, pads on uh, like a daily basis. Yes. Um, is there any other strategies you use? Like, do you try and limit your, your drink intake before you go somewhere? Is there anything else that you do to help manage? I try not to have a lot of liquid after supper. I get my water in during the day. Uh, that limits what I have to get up in the middle of the mm -hmm. night for. Because for a while, you go and you're up two or three times. Well, A, that disrupts your sleep. And the next day, you're tired. And if you're tired, your body is going to be, it won't be working as well. When it's not working well, you're going to leak more. So it's mm -hmm. sort of a vicious circle. Has your urinary incontinence ever... Um affected your social life at all in terms of, you know, what you're able to uh, go out and do with friends or with family members or not so much? Not so much. Uh, it's a mindset. You have to, you have to really work on it at the beginning when you're going through it, when you're maybe doing the exercise pro an exercise program for incontinence, 
Is there anything that you would like to add that we um, haven't touched on at all? Just make sure people get past the idea that it is embarrassing, that it is you're to be shamed by it. You aren't. Great. I love this positive attitude that you have. Thank you so much for sharing your insight today. I really appreciate it. I'm happy to let other people know that it's not the end of the world. Today we've had the opportunity to hear Sheila share her story about experiencing urinary incontinence as an older adult. She spoke about what it's like to live with urinary incontinence, how it affects her day-to-day life, and what she does to manage her condition. Keep in mind that Sheila's story represents just one perspective on urinary incontinence. It's important for us to remember that every person has their own unique lived experience. For your group assignment, please answer the following questions. 1. Provide an overview of incontinence among older adults. Be sure to discuss the four main types of urinary incontinence defined by the International Continence Society. 2. What is the physiotherapy role in managing incontinence? Be sure to discuss both rehabilitative approaches, such as exercise, and compensatory approaches, such as incontinence products. 3. Sheila mentioned that she uses incontinence products to help her manage. However, the cost of these products can add up very quickly. The Canadian Continence Society estimates that an individual with urinary incontinence will spend between $1,400 and $2,100 per year on products alone. Please investigate what sources of funding may be available for incontinence products. 4. Sheila mentioned that her exercise program helped her manage her urinary incontinence. What are some other lifestyle or environmental modifications that you may suggest for a patient who has this condition? 5. We briefly spoke about how urinary incontinence has the potential to impact one's social life. What other aspects of one's life can incontinence potentially have a negative effect on? As a therapist, how may you suggest managing these other aspects of life? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of JeroCast. Please visit www.rehab.queensu.ca slash JeroCast to access the full list of people and resources that made this project possible. Thank you.